So, Tom McGuire, cheers for coming on the podcast, cool, mate. Thanks. Welcome to Rebel City. Yeah, thanks for having us. Good Lovely day you, outside. We're stuck in the fucking basement. So. Nice, nice to be in the basement with the curtain shut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a studio. We're not in my flat, all right? It's not a flat, it's a studio. That's not my cat. That's not my cat scratching the door. It's <laughs> a, it's a question I get quite a lot, to be fair. Like, Where's your studio? And you're like, it's not a studio. Uh, <laughs> uh, big man's bed's pushed into the fucking corner. Right? A couple of microphones you can turn it into a studio. That's that's it. Too right, man. I mean, I get into this. I, I literally Googled, would I need to do a podcast? And <laughs> my surprise, I had everything already. I was like, oh, well. I, it's like, oh, you've been in a band? Oh, you've got everything you need to do a podcast. <laughs> microphones but, and some chat. That's it. Aye, uh, that's it, mate. So, mate, the album is... Is it self-titled? It is, is self-titled, yeah. Album? yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's absolutely fucking phenomenal. Thank right. you, yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. It's, uh, as, as I was saying to yourself and obviously Paul previously, like I've got a, a real sort of affection for like soul and funk music over the years. Like, loved all the old sort of mod scene stuff. I know it's not quite that, but there's just so many like wee hints and flavours are just stuff that I absolutely love all yeah, through yeah, the album, yeah, man. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's dynamite. Thank you very much, yeah. We've, we've worked really hard on it and... Uh, We've thrown a lot into it, and it seems to be getting good reactions. People are enjoying it and, and uh, relating to it on yeah. mm-hmm. certain levels, so uh, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I think, like, for 2019, it's refreshing to hear some sort of, like, positive music, and I think there's a lot of positive messages, like, listening to the lyrics is, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of positivity in it, man. Yeah. Um, how do you, where do you get your inspiration for, like, that type of positivity in such a shit storm of fucking world well, in 2019. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the the record and the sort of themes and the content, the context of the record is uh, is about struggling, uh, a particular type of struggle, and eventually overcoming that. And uh, yeah, so as a whole, it is a very positive record, but it does uh, does confront some some pretty dark things uh, to get to that point of sort of convalescence and of sort of. Uh, Rejoicing, but I mean the music itself, uh, the the tone of the music. I've been saying this quite a lot. Is that there's a heavy and dark set of themes that are delivered uh, in in this concept context of uh, of super light, nice, yeah. good time funk and mm-hmm. and, uh, and positive. It's uh, a lot of good funk and a lot of good soul that does that. You know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, there's some really dark things that are mm-hmm. delivered uh, in this way. So it's uh, it's kind of a surreptitiously uh, you know it hits you with some heavy shit but it's uh, it's in this kind of cloud of funk really. mm-hmm. so it's uh, yeah so it was a type of challenges is it personal things that you've uh, faced or? yeah well basically yeah uh, the 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 root of it is uh, coming to terms with living in a world where meaning is hard to discern so it's like really the, the struggles are existential struggles mm-hmm. that uh, I, I think probably most men most people most people uh, of a certain age will eventually uh, confront mm-hmm. they'll, they'll realize a, a lack of discernible purpose or meaning mm. in their life and uh, they'll, they'll go down a rabbit hole of, of horrible questions that are very difficult to answer and impossible to answer really and uh, that's where i found myself for for some time and um yeah that's that's a pretty brutal thing to do to yourself is to just uh, examine all things to the point of just just dust, analyze everything that you're doing mm-hmm. to, to dust to, to find meaning in it. And when, well, you know, how can you possibly find meaning? Philosophy, philosophers have been trying to find meaning for, for centuries, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a very difficult thing to, to do, impossible even. Yeah. Uh, so that was a struggle I, I impacted me for, for many years uh, until I just worked it out. And uh, I've tried to um, deliver 
that story mm-hmm. and that struggle and eventually the, the goal of sort of uh, coming to terms with living in a, a, a life, uh, in a universe where there's maybe not any meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just, yeah. to, just to enjoy things that you enjoy and don't, don't go any further than that. Just enjoy, experience things as they're happening. And, uh, and because there's no more meaning in life than that. That's yeah, the sort of thing I've So, um, you know, it's, it's quite a heavy and, you know, quite a lot of depth to that. Mm-hmm. But I've tried to tell it over the, 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 the runtime of the entire record uh, with various points. And everything sort of yep. links in together, and that's what I've tried to do. Um, some mm-hmm. people have been clocking onto that, which I'm excited by. But if, if there's... Uh, for the more casual listener, it's just good to listen to the music. Oh, yeah, the yeah. music's but, um, excellent. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, just just below the surface, there's some there's some um, there's some stuff to explore there. Mm-hmm. If people want to. Do you find that? I mean, I've I've felt this myself. I struggled. Um, I struggled to, with the same sort of things, the sort of purpose. I think one of the big things for me was um, a lot of the sort of things that came with being a musician, being a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that one of the main things that is sort of like ran through is the idea that I, I rely on other people for my like own success mm-hmm. to a certain extent. We, we had When I was in a band, I had a huge circle of people. Maybe not huge, but we had a big circle of people. And as the real world sort of came in, the people just sort of like left. Yeah, and, yeah. and then yeah. I was left sort of looking around going, well, who am I? And like, well, what, what, So that was a lot that I found that when I left bands and... Sort of like you're saying about purpose. Yeah, like, definitely. What was the point in that? Like, what was yeah, the point yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's something to do with being a human being. That you, you want to have purpose and you also, also want to have an identity. Mm-hmm. So uh, an identity is, is something very uh, ethereal, right? And if it, it can be taken away from you like a little bit, yep. like by something like that happened, everything else fall, falling apart around you. And if you've based... Uh, everything you are on this identity then that can just come crumbling down in, in a matter of moments mm-hmm. uh, and the same with purpose if you have a purpose this is sort of without going into details I essentially had a very strong purpose knew what that purpose was mm-hmm. and that purpose uh, disappeared so that that was my meaning my purpose my almost identity uh, was gone and that's what put me into this sort of existential funk so that these are things that you attach yourself to and can be removed and then what's left um, you find yourself in a bit of a void. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. If you use music to try and drag yourself out, do you think that this is like an album's worth of therapy? It is. I mean, I've made a couple of records before uh, that that were just solo things that I've put together on my laptop, mm-hmm. and uh, they, those were definitely therapeutic and pro- probably not actually worth listening to, if I'm honest. But the the making of them and, and the, the spitting out is, is of Deep sadness. This mm-hmm. this one's a, an album of convalescence, mm-hmm. telling the story and uh, coming to to terms and and being all right. But um, yes, I, the answer is yes. I've I've made music solely for a sort of cathartic uh, thing. That uh, you know, if people don't listen to that, then that's actually probably for the best because it's probably too sad. Yeah, yeah. a bit too personal. It's yeah. for you. It's for, it's for, I mean, I mean, it's available. Mm. It's one can find it if you want to, but yeah. it's it's for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is for me also, but. Uh, it's also designed in such a way that it's that's going to be. It's not a selfish thing. It's, yeah. It's uh, it's very easily accessible. It's de- de- designed to be accessible and also for people to maybe gain something from. Maybe uh, 
learn something from mm-hmm. my experience and my, my story. See, when you're talking about, obviously, in, in the past, you've done stuff, as you say, primarily for yourself. The, the sort of contents and themes and whatnot that you're looking to explore here are, are you know, quite personal. Um, how does that work then? Because, I mean, it sounds as though, how, how many actual musicians are involved here? Uh, there's, it sounds like a, a lot. Yeah, there's um, uh, eight, eight guys, including myself, in the mm-hmm. sort of core band, but then, you know, we bring in uh, percussion and, uh, mm-hmm. and backing vocals and stuff like that. For, for, and you're out and about. Yeah, yeah, for, for bigger shows. So, uh, full, full force of 12. It's quite, 12 a, of us, quite eh? a kind of weird experience to have a history of working for yourself in that respect to express yourself and then taking that message to such a wide group of people as like step number one in the process is now right take this out to everybody is there a back and forth is it you come in with ready to go and the guys um okay yeah there's a, there's a quite specific process actually i i um right i basically come to the band to the sort of core band the rhythm section mm-hmm. with uh, the the basic structure of a song and the, the how the music is and roughly how I think it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Then we sort of build the groove a little bit. Then once that's done, um, that could essentially be considered a finished product in a, in a sense. Mm-hmm. But then that gets, when it's in a sort of almost finally structured form, yep. that gets uh, given over to the to the brass guys right. who arrange something on top of that for the brass. Cool. Uh, and, and there's a certain uh, give it to there's a certain, there's a certain um, uh, collaboration in, on all stages but basically mm-hmm. that's the thing that gets given to them and then they will go away and then write arrange they're all supremely talented arrangers and, and in order to make uh, brass parts like that it's, it's something you have to sit down and, and like, yeah, write, absolutely. write sheet music for so it's quite actually a, a very interesting process um, We've in my head the song's like formed well fully formed but then they go away and they come back to the next rehearsal with uh, one of them writes maybe uh, for, for a particular song. Mm-hmm. He comes back with uh, sheets of paper for all the guys, the four, four brass guys. And then they will be hearing it for the first time as well as they read it and play it. Uh, so this song that I've fully formed gets this extra layer of just mm. totally super awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, just just uh, layered on top of it. It just completes it and, and takes it to the next level. And it's, yeah. uh, it's quite a, quite an interesting experience, <coughs> first of all, for me to hear it for the first time, but also <coughs> to watch the guys who are playing it, reading it, uh, and playing it for the first time and going, oh, nice, and then giving the guy props. Yeah, I yeah. like that bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think brass completely changes the, I think I've, uh, in projects that I've done, used brass once, it totally changed the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the shade and even just the, 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 the melody that you hear when you're writing a song, obviously you can hear it and then this thing comes in and just completely changes it. Yeah, It's yeah. always been positive. Um, there ever been changes, and you've been thinking, "Oh no, it's t- it's taking it too well, far I mean, there's away from a, there's, there's a, I mean, there's a certain amount of tension in any sort of collaborative process, but mm. generally speaking, I was happy to uh, just let them do whatever they wanted on yeah. top of it. Uh, and I've it, occasionally it, it wouldn't exactly what I th- thought it would be, but then I I'm happy to to let them have them. Let them have creative control of that element, yeah, of it. You trust and them. it becomes their song too. You know, it becomes um, uh, everybody's song, everybody's music, mm-hmm. uh, and I eventually become used to it and, and go grow accustomed to it and fond of yeah. uh, what they've written. But by and large, whenever they, they come in with something, I'm just like, "Fucking hell, that's awesome!" <laughs> yeah. It's like, I just it's just an, another whole awesome level of stuff just plonked to the top, and it's just. Just, uh, it's certainly working for you. It fully, fully expands it and it makes it amazing. Yeah, I mean, we'll post 
all the links and anybody that's listening, just go and listen to this album. I was, um, I'd seen a, a couple of bits and pieces, as I said, we were friends with David Blair, like the Colonel Mustard in the Dijon Five. Yeah, yeah, David Blair is a, is a friend of ours. He's a good, good guy. He's a good guy, man. Um, at our QMU, the, the album launch show, we did uh, the first song. Uh, I during, there was an intro, and during it, I came in on a, on a, a, a person on the person's back who was wearing a, like a, an inflatable dinosaur uniform, a bit like this. Right. And, uh, <laughs> so I was hunting. I suppose that's the way to do it. I was trying to find. So, so David was the guy who was uh, wearing the the dinosaur costume. I was just Why looking am for somebody. I surprised by uh, that? No, right, I was looking for somebody who is uh, who is strong yep. and up for some some rad shit yeah so uh he he was the guy in the dinosaur costume if you get plans <laughs> to ride a dinosaur in over the the hydro or something the, the first Man, hydro I, show I, I don't know every show i think from now on every big show we just got off our game a little bit <laughs> a little bit a little bit so that last show we um we definitely uh pulled out all the stops mm-hmm. and, and made, made a fucking hell of a show so uh but we need to keep building that each, each That's time. yeah yeah i, I mean, mean sold obviously out the QMU. And as we were saying off mic, like it's all sort of self-promoted, and you're doing a lot of that. How did you fund the album? Um, the album, the, the production of the album itself, is a, a crowdfunder campaign. We did, right. Um, just over a year ago. So about a year ago, we we, we completed this campaign, and and actually from that point, we've not really stopped with this sort of um, self-promotion ca- uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's necessary. It's necessary in today's industry to to do that for yourself it's uh it's not about um it used to be about just being good and also being lucky and mm, yeah but the luck element of it is now gone uh because you can take all the promotion all the stuff into your own hands so you have to be good at music we also have to be good at this other side which we are learning uh mm-hmm. we're learning fast and uh, it's definitely a, a big part of it. it's a lot a lot of fucking work uh but it's it's paying off so far mm-hmm. well it feels like um I mean, I'm an outsider now, looking in, because I'm not in a band anymore, but it feels like it's 24-7. Uh, yeah. It, it used to be, for for me, it would be like, if we did a gig in Glasgow, and maybe we were out doing gigs elsewhere, the big one in Glasgow at the end of the month or whatever, that would be when I'd be engaging with people mm-hmm. and try to get them to come to the show, and then you would talk to people, but all, like I was saying, it feels like it's just 24-7 for people. And mm. yeah. do, you have a, do you have a way of like managing that? Or? Yeah, yeah. well, we, certainly on the run, we've sort of cooled off a little bit, now, but in the run up to the uh, the album launch and the album release, it was it was um, very precisely scheduled a social media campaign. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. we were making sure we had really good stuff and and content, and it was all planned out and scheduled when we were going to post this and that. And that's uh, like like I said, that's the necessary element of it. That's that's the 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 second part of the the puzzle. Uh, so you really need to be good on on that. Um, Especially if you're just doing it yourself. I mean, if you're a much bigger band with uh, with uh, label support or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. um, then that you gets taken care of. Social media management. That, yeah, that gets taken care of for you. But um, for us, it's, uh, that's the only way we can sort of. Uh, Somebody's always on a phone going. or a Twitter feed reading yeah, yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. But that's actually what you're. Th- I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I remember when playing in bands and, and all you would do would be, this is before Facebook and all that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a gig, you would just go through your phone and put a tenor on your phone and text everyone. <laughs> yeah. Mass text message, everybody. The group text, yeah. the dreaded group it's like, text. Uh, it's just oh, like get, get, trying to get people to come. Yeah. To but uh, but um, the way it works now is we've amassed quite a good following and then uh, 
So it's still a real novelty for me to, to have a gig where the, the people there are predominantly people that I've never met before, but they still uh, came to see us and like sing the words to the songs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a fucking trip and I, I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. Definitely loving it. No doubt, man. So see, in terms of that, obviously, you know, taking quite a lot of this, you know, the management side, it's not just about your writing and performing in the studio and on stage. It's about how much you're involved elsewhere. One of the big things that obviously I encountered when sort of looking these up prior to obviously sitting down the day was the, the Ric Flair video, yeah. which was just absolute genius. And it's one of the times where having listened to the album and then watched the video, I'm like, this band have to have been involved in the making of that video because it's so kind of of the mental image I've got to them yeah, 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 that yeah. they can't have not been. So like, is that also part of what you're talking about with this, you know, responsibility you've got to take elsewhere? Well, um, yeah, the, the video is a big part of why we've we've sort of gone in the direction we, we have and we've mm-hmm. had, you know, the success yeah. we, we've had. And, you know, it's, it's let, me, let me see that, it's a tempered success, yeah. right? Uh, but, you know... Uh, we, it's clear you're just getting started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Right, but, we're trying our best. We're, we're learning everything for the first time, but we definitely uh, we knew that we had to burst onto the scene because we nobody yep. really knew who we were before that. Before that, we were just a, we were known as a wedding band essentially, right? Uh, and that's what we're doing for a few years just to support ourselves. But um, we knew the first thing we showed to the world had to be uh, like bombastic. It had to be uh, special. It mm-hmm. had to have like a, a good video. Yeah. And uh, you know. It, in the context of the, the record, the record which I've been talking about as being uh, heady with with uh, themes and, and, and content and uh, and um, you know important meaning. Yeah. And this song, which is uh, essentially a daft, silly song. <laughs> um, so it, there's a there's a there's a bit of a paradox there. But within there's there is a place. It's got its place in, in the context of the record. And I'll, I'll tell you what that mm-hmm. is in a, a second. But we knew we had to to burst on the scene with something that was like a hit mm-hmm. uh, so it's sort of like the entry level drug to get people <laughs> in and, uh, and uh, you know get them hooked fun, to the brass look at this look at this fun silly stuff but wait a second there's some deep ass shit over here um, I would so, say but, I would say it worked I, I mean, I <laughs> certainly so, worked on me I think so and any like the, the it does have a place in the context of the record like the, the, the record uh, as a co- cohesive and coherent whole uh, which is what I've tried to make it um it has its place there. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> basically, as an instance of of joy, because the, the fucking video and the song it went really far, and it got so much positive feedback from it, people. Really enjoyed it and brightened up a lot of people's days. Mm-hmm. And that that was unspe- unspeakably rewarding to me. The fact that something that I produced was given so this many people yeah. like a bit of you know fuck, just a, a wee smile. You know yeah. What I mean? That's uh, that's uh, the utilitarian inside me says fucking that's that's some good numbers right there. So, but it exists in the context of the record as as like an instance of fun, uh, which I guess that's what I'm trying to say is is the meaning of life is to mm-hmm. have just fucking have a nice time and and, uh, and mm-hmm. experience it while it's happening. So yeah, yeah. a wee bit of joy, a wee bit of fun, and that is what life mm-hmm. is. Yeah, is. wrestling fun growing up. It, a bit, yeah, a bit. Just, I was just, not, just not, a wee bit. <laughs> not, I wasn't like a massive, massive fan, but I, right. I definitely in the, the golden era, I had, I had a couple of videotapes and I had a, a box of WWF figures. I think that was the main thing that that caught my eye was because I was a wrestling fan when I was yeah, a yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean that's that's certainly how how it sort of reached so far because the, there's a particular community that. Um, were able to latch onto it and spread it much further than it would have been if it was just music, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is nice. Um, I think also for 
for, it have been dead easy to do a Hulk Hogan song. Yeah, <laughs> but Rick Flair. Maybe that's for the next album. I think yeah, I, I, I don't yeah. know in context of like actual wrestling terms, but Rick Flair seems like a sort of cult figure. Yeah, yeah, I mean? he's, like, uh, he's it's hilarious, dude, man, hilarious, dude. So yeah, that was uh, the the video for that was um, was you know I think it showed the world like our aesthetic or mm-hmm. what our kind of uh, modus operandi is, which mm-hmm. is in our humor and our and our, our, our essential demeanor. Um, and yeah, it's, it's some sort of the aesthetic that we are running with. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst also making sure that we're not just coming across as like a joke band. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, it's not a fucking joke band. No, absolutely not. Um, Definitely not. I think that, and I'd, uh, I was thinking just internally about five minutes ago, should I say this? But I don't know if this is a compliment. I'm meaning it as a compliment. I think that you're the funk version of the darkness. Right, okay. And I, I'll be honest, man, I've seen, I've seen the darkness like, Five six times yeah, during the early early bits, yeah, yeah, yeah. they were. F- that's I was thinking. See the blender like phenomenal musicianship, mm-hmm. good songwriting, and having a laugh. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what I mean by that. I don't yeah. mean that as in like, oh, these are just like the darkness. Or mm. they they were a joke. They weren't a joke to me. I thought they were fucking they, excellent. They were excellent they were band. A, a, an excellent band. Yeah. Um, every every one of their songs was like a bit of a joke. Oh no, actually no, that, that's not fair really. Like they definitely a high proportion of their songs. Were yeah, like, there was a lot of tongue and cheek going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really growing on you. Uh-huh. Like. Yeah, definitely. Great, definitely great. I had that record too, and, and man, they they could definitely play and they could wail. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd hope to not end up just getting attached to just that. Yes, yeah, that's, that's what I, I was going to say. Is that I think that what they did. Unfortunately, was as they pigeonholed themselves, and I think that they maybe struggled to get a serious yeah. side. Whereas, other than Ric Flair, Aye. I don't see there being like no. a, a sort of humour element running through the no, album. No, I mean I think... ab- apart from just a, like uh, a little bit of dark wit in some of the, mm. the uh-huh. lyrics, you know, because I, I have been. I mean, the same way that uh, we were talking about Radiohead earlier, and uh, some some. Obviously, that's pretty dark music. Yeah, but uh, occasional sort of wit and humorous, dark humorous lyrics, like something that buzzes, buzzes like a fridge. That's when it comes to me. You know, that's, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Buzzes like a fridge. So uh, there's there's some <clears throat> there's a, some humor in some of the lyrics, but it's uh, that song. Ric Flair is definitely it's an outlier, uh, and the rest are um, yeah the songs about real, real absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think obviously as well in terms of it's it's probably quite a nice introduction to some of the general sound because. Although, as you say, the, the themes are sort of contradictory in, in what you were aiming to do with it. Like, there's definitely a kind of a really solid... Like, what, one of the things I, when I listen to a, a new band, I go, that band has a sound that I instantly recognise as them. And that's that identity, maybe, that you're talking about sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, and yeah. It definitely has that. And throughout the album, like I say, the musicianship just is outrageous in some places, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. I don't think it'd take anybody long to really connect with the rest of it well that's 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 you know what, what i'm mean? hoping yeah uh because I, i'm not going to eliminate fun because i i <laughs> really appreciate fun and fun is an intrinsically important part of life yep uh, just but def- definitely finding that balance is something we're trying mm-hmm. to do and i think yeah that the musicianship that's on because the musicianship is uh is one of the, the fundamental things yep. in, in this i mean there's there's song craft and uh there's there's funk and there's grooves there's also musicianship and we try to blend those three things together that don't often really get blended together like really good funk this is what I was thinking about really good funk 
it's there's not often like a real meaningful song behind it. Mm. The song's normally about shagging or dancing, yeah. <laughs> or the song's just about funk. Right? Uh, it's just about so, the funk. So, uh, so th- these are songs about uh, existential grief, but <laughs> Too also funk. funky. Oh, so, uh, right. which is, uh, I think that's a, a blend that doesn't really. I think it comes across well, like as well when you were saying the album was like crowdfunded. I mean, like given a lot of individuals, some pretty complex musicianship and stuff like that. Like the production quality for like. A, like a crowdfunded album is probably one of the best I've, I've heard anyway. Yeah, we definitely overspent. Right. <laughs> we, we, we made the money, but we overspent like fuck. Um, but the, the production uh, is, is super great and it's, respons- it's the responsibility of a man called Gus did it. Aye. It's got to be vital with the Mounties and just that mixing yeah, yeah, on no, the go, you the, know what the, I mean? The, 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 we've been getting a lot of comments on, on the, the quality mm-hmm. of the, the production. It's world class. It is, yeah, the guy's, the guy's great. So he's got a studio in uh, Berkeley Street, Solas Sounds. And um, if anybody's uh, needing, it's, it's quite, quite Berkeley Street Studios. No, it's uh, it's on Berkeley Street. All right. It's called Solas Sounds. Solas Sounds. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if, if, super pro, super uh, on it, dude. Uh, the guy gets super involved and is able to give some really helpful insight and input on a couple of occasions. Um, so yeah, if anybody's needing that kind of job done. Uh, I can highly recommend him. Mm-hmm. Did you ever cool. do any work in the past with uh, Larry Primrose? No. Do you remember Larry? No, no I don't no. know. He used to be... So he did sessions with like fucking Snoop Dogg and stuff, but he used <laughs> to be... Um, what's it called now? Down at Merchant City, see King Street, Glasgow Music Studios. Oh, right, it's yeah, a wee yeah, yeah. generic sort of place now, but it used to be the yeah. Brow Building yeah. and stuff like that. He was mad on horns. I remember getting in with him one night and he was sitting... We, we, we sat we sat over well that's the only time we ever worked with horns but we sat like we'd finished our session it was like midnight and he was he was about fucking 20 joints and 10 cans of Guinness deep and he's just like listen to this and he put on this reggae music we sat for about 6 hours listening to this reggae music and he was just the guy was fucking he was mental he was absolutely mental yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like Glasgow's like horn guy I think yeah, yeah. like up until a certain point when that, that studio closed it was just to see if you had um, ever encountered him because he was a strange character yeah, that sounds, sounds like how it, do you get for metal so you're saying off uh, mic that you, you previously you've been in metal bands and rock bands which I think if you were going to be like a, I think one of the things that I loved about it when I heard Ric Flair was that this is a Glaswegian band that isn't doing indie, that isn't doing metal it's like a yeah. Scottish band doing funk it's yeah, kind of yeah, unusual it's, it's, uh, how do you get for metal to funk had, had funk always been like an inspiration oh, yeah, fun, funk had always been there you know I, yeah. I, I, I've, I've loved that sort of stuff Steve Wonder and, and like the meters uh, I've been listening to since I was you know in my early teens mm-hmm. but uh, I've always listened to to all sorts of music um, and it's sort of they, they, they rotate for me a little bit but uh, when it comes to playing music yeah, I was in a few bands um, like from school, I was in this it was like sort of your post-hardcore kind of angular mathy band, which uh, okay. uh, and that was that, as as you're want to do when you're that sort of age, mm-hmm. uh, and you know I was also some, some sort of folky kind of uh, folk pop groups and stuff like that as well, just playing whatever I could play. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, predominantly my time in the past ten years has been playing like heavy rock and, and metal. Uh, and how did I get from that to like funk and stuff like that? I guess I always, you know, I always knew that I would eventually come around to, to doing something like this. Just had to get the right circumstances, the right sort of pull of people together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up kind of uh, falling into place 
uh, without me really, I'd sort of given up an idea of really trying something properly with music until it just started coming together almost by itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one thing came to another and all of a sudden I'm, I'm in a band with some absolute fucking killers and, uh, you know, definitely feeling like we should write some music together. So uh, we did. Mm-hmm. The, the journey from metal to, you know, I still really I, I have a hankering to play some metal. I have to, yeah. I have to like, scratch that heavy mm. itch sometimes, you mm-hmm. know. And, uh, Who's your bands? What's that? Who's your bands? Well, my, the bands that I... So who 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 you into, like, metal-wise? And you know, I'm, I'm really into Doom. I really like Doom. Right, so, like, Doom metal and yeah, stoner, Doom. stoner Doom. Yeah, D- Doom is, is the fix that I've been on for some time, and that's right. what I've lingered on. You know, I went through some... I listen to everything like super extreme stuff, mm-hmm. like black metal and right. uh, and thrash stuff like that. Slayer was the one road I never. Really, I, I had you know back in the day a fairly sizable record collection, albums and whatnot. And as you say, I've written you know if it's Slipknot to like Weather Report and just yeah, about yeah. in between. And metal was one of the roads I didn't really find myself can do it. It yeah. got too heavy for me quite quickly. Something. Like that. I, I don't want I don't want to out you, <laughs> but I'm gone. Um, <laughs> I was I was got to Ozfest. It was the last of all. Well, it was supposed to be the last ever. I've seen them since, but it was supposed to be the last ever show of the original lineup of Black Sabbath at oh, Milton yeah. Keynes Bowl. And I said to him, I'm going to see Black Sabbath. And he was like, Ozzy Osbourne? Fuck him. He's just like, all right, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> to be just, fair, that just was a legend, one of the ones where it was the Osbournes were a thing at the time. I and think I so. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I then went back and listened to Black Sabbath and was oh. like, right, okay, fair enough. Black Sabbath is fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've got a Black up. Sabbath tattoo, man. I'm fucking, yeah. I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> I'm, right. See that sort of, I think this was part of, I think what you were talking about a wee minute ago was part of my downfall was is that I listened to a lot of music but I didn't let a lot of music influence mm-hmm. my own music. I've always been that like Sabbath, Zeppelin, Hendrix, Cream, see that like that sort of style. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that style. But I've always listened to like um like you're saying like Stevie Wonder I love eighties David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Right. I've never let it influence anything that I do. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about what you were talking about there is this I, that you gave up on doing anything I mean well, sort of, because right? for me uh, j- just before you came in like the product that you've come out with I would have never have thought that somebody that was capable of producing that type of music would ever doubt themselves mm. um, I'm in a place just now where I've gave up on ever doing anything in music still fucking about and just keeping it as a hobby mm-hmm. um, but that's really I mean that's a that's encouraging for me. Okay, well, good. That's, I mean? Maybe that's that's something I'll uh, I'll, I'll spread the word to mm-hmm. uh, to the world about because uh, it isn't it is important. I mean, the the first and most fundamental thing is to do it for yourself. Really, it is uh, it is a a, a, a a beneficial and uh, rewarding experience for your yourself to create, and uh, so that's the primary importance uh, and. That's what, always what I did with music, and I would never have stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. I still would always play music for my own benefit, but mm-hmm. uh, I had definitely, I was just too too much of a realist for, for too many years, saying, fucking nothing ever come, nothing will ever come of an event that yeah. I, I make, because it, it, it relies so much on luck. But as I was saying before, it doesn't really rely on luck anymore. Mm-hmm. Um but we've talked about it in a few previous episodes that you know Scottish defeatism sometimes you know that you know, we classify as realism you yeah, know yeah 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 uh, it was definitely a <clears throat> realist attitude that uh, you know uh, even uh, in my my early twenties when you know uh, is this sort of period where you would be 
embarking in this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had some friends in bands who were trying putting in all the effort, and I looked at the effort and I was like, that uh, that's not going to go anywhere because you know they still need the luck. But then uh, I guess I was was wrong. Um, I guess I didn't really want to put in all that effort. I wanted to make the thing for myself. Yeah. But this this is a project where I, I realised that okay, this this is the one. If I'm going to try it once, it's going to be now. But uh, immediately prior to this, I'd, I had um, given up. And I was I was making a living through through music. I was I'm playing in bars and still am mm-hmm. playing weddings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I I was making my living through through music. But I was also at uni uh, doing a very vocational. Uh, course in the health sciences and I had one year to go and I was uh, I had started that course I'd chosen that particular course because I thought maybe it would give me the meaning that I was seeking uh, this is like listening to myself <laughs> I've honestly <laughs> been trying not to say that for about 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I found this I thought I better what am I going to do with my life okay well I'll go to uni I'll get I'll, I'll get involved in this course which will give me a, a career which is valuable uh, has some sort of maybe meaning and mm-hmm. helping people and is, is altruistic and maybe that will be the meaning yeah. the purpose what did you study? I was studying radiotherapy okay. uh, which okay. is uh, you know like cancer treatment mm-hmm. with uh, so I'm studying CBT oh, right. uh, a qualif- that's a, that's a qualified counsellor as of January but now I'm going to do diplomas and stuff like CBT that CBT is so. a great thing I'm mostly I, I, swearing I, at people on the internet <laughs> <laughs> that's part time job that, that's a that's a, a great thing um but just as you're saying that, like that whole thing about like thinking about what am I doing with my life, and I'd spent ten years sort of thinking I'm going to be a So, other difference in what you were saying was is that I had I had the opposite problem. I had felt no, I'm going to be a rock star. Yeah, right. See, eh? this is okay. no like there's nothing going to stop me. I'd spent probably between the age of like nineteen and twenty five going. Who's better than me? Nobody. I'm <laughs> going. I'm going to do this, yeah, and it yeah, was yeah, that yeah, had see, took see, me quite a decent way um whereas i think i had seen people better than me have that sort of realist attitude like yeah maybe you're right it's this opposite sort of almost the opposite scenario yeah mm-hmm. but the letdown that i had at the end of it was humongous because ah. the the bubble burst and i, re- yes, I started yes, yes. to look out and go i maybe i'm not going to be a rock star but what, what did i do here and i reevaluated, and, and i've reconciled and now i'm trying to help other people but um, listening to like somebody like yourself, again, like after, I mean, I'm no blowing smoke. The album's fucking phenomenal. Like listening to somebody, and then say I'd gave up, but I had came across a project and thought, do you know what? I'm gonna give this a go. Yeah, yeah, this is the this is the one to go for. Uh, and it's fucking excellent here, dude. Yeah, well, I, I had to do. It. I mean, I, I was I was like, I say, I was seeking meaning, and I was seeking it in this this course, and uh, I had one year out, and I was going to essentially be a nine to five. Uh, full-time, you know, health professional, which is going to be fine, you know, it's going to be stable. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 32, so it was a, definitely the sensible move to mm-hmm. continue yeah. it. But I was, I couldn't, I couldn't deny that I was just fucking miserable. Yeah. And uh, and I would have, I think I would have continued to be miserable working in that institution. Just wasn't built for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was good at the job, but I just wasn't built for that sort of institution. And, uh, and meanwhile, I, on the other side... I'm accidentally just fucking killing it at the music. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what the the first song of the record is called "Get Out," and it's yep. it's about that. It's about specifically that. And there's a, there's an entire verse that's that that will be relevant and understandable only to people who have studied radiotherapy. <laughs> <laughs> just getting that whip back, and that will be like 
well, maybe some ten years down the line, I'll be like, that fucking verse is about radio therapy. But I mean, this like, thing, no, like, no chance. People have been uh, people have been digging into some lyrics that I didn't. Uh, I thought this is a reference for me alone. Yeah, and people have been like picking up on it. So that's what it was. Uh, it's a song about um, uh, getting out and doing being somewhere where you're supposed to be, and that's where I finally find myself. I, I like, I feel like I'm. Uh, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. for now I mean like the bubble might burst in it I, I'm humble and, I think it's uh, quite I, poetic to like acknowledge it in the first song given that well, that's, that's it, where yeah. you know the, your life has kind of flipped on itself you that's know what I mean it, like? yeah, yeah so the, the, the way that the record works is it's like introduces like this is how I came to be here right now and this is what I've uh, what I've sacrificed and yeah. what I've given up in order to do this record so check out this fucking record uh, what yeah. was one dismiss? Is it dismissive something? It's about five or six in. It's, it sounds, diminished return. Oh, diminished to return. That's it. Sorry, uh, I love that one personally just because I'm pure mental for Bond, and I think you should like pitch it as like a potential Bond theme. By the a way, bond like, theme. trim it down a wee bit. You've got Bond theme in there. I think. Nice. So you have like, just to mix it up a wee bit. There. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Cool, cool. No, that's 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 a nice idea. That's the that's the heavy one. It's <laughs> the heavy one on the album. Yeah, How do you find it being? I mean, for an up-and-coming band coming through the, the music scene, 32 is probably a fair age. Like, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you feel any kind of, like, sort of different feeling where you're not being as young? And I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been I've been through a couple of fucking wash cycles, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, so um, I'm not as wide-eyed and I'm not um, as naive and green as some some other guys. <laughs> Although saying that, I'm, I'm surrounded by uh, people in their early to mid-20s in this scene. And uh, the guys in the band, they're they're all just absolute killers, but they're also young. Mm-hmm. They've they've got experience in different places, and uh, you know I'm I'm learning from them uh, as much as they might be learning from me. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's 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 actually quite interesting, quite nice. And I, I don't really, um, apart from the fact that I'll probably die ten years earlier, I don't really feel a, a huge gulf uh, most of the time with regards to the age. Yeah, uh, okay. I don't I don't see that as a Thing. That would be one of the things that would hold me back. I think it would be feeling that sort of uh-huh. like I don't know going and gigging. I remember turning up at I think we played with the Fratellis, Strathclyde Student Union, and thinking he's an old man. Right? <laughs> I was like twenty four and he's like twenty nine. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I was like, yeah, like yeah. all right, man, how's it going? I think he's, 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 yeah, he's doing in a band, you know, like that kind of way. But then you know, also thinking about uh, sometimes think about who I was and how I was when I was about twenty one. And I wouldn't have. I was a different person. Like the confidence levels were just yeah. in a different place, and mm-hmm. and uh, just uh, social situations, just a different person. So uh, I probably wouldn't have worked out for me when I was twenty one. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was just the argument into is that would your twenty one year old self knock this album? Maybe no. I mean, know, you need yeah. to have experienced what you've experienced I mean, I from get, then to now to, the to 20, get there. The twenty one year old uh, was knocking out albums, but it was ridiculous metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's probably still fuck out. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find them. Honestly, like the, the the last thing that I did with the, the metal band, uh, which is called Madafaka, check it out Madafaka with an exclamation mark at the end, all caps. Uh, we did a, a, a twenty minute uh, rock opera about cool runnings. Oh my god! Uh, it's called the the, the blade and the I'm, ice. I'm instantly in. And it's uh, it's I, I'm really this is another work that I'm really proud of, and uh, I, I would. You know, there's a there's a real chance that we'll we'll actually get together and play it again. You know, yeah. So uh, do a reunion show. Yeah, we did. You know, we we did the uh, B sides and rarities. <laughs> we did the uh, we did the sh- one show where we played start to finish, and we got in a uh, you know the, the cool rings jumpsuits. <laughs> <laughs> 
nice. and it's, uh, it, it tells it tells the story like fairly um, uh, fairly what's the word faithfully from start to finish right, right. It's, uh, a 20 minute 20 minute version of Cool Runnings but in a prog metal it's, it's metal it's fucking hard metal it, it sounds thrash <laughs> is brutal it's like, I know it does sound amazing I've got to say uh, no I, I, I implore you to, to check it out if you like this and you like metal, then you fucking yeah. like that, man. We're back into like uh, Commando the Musical territory. So, oh, yes. That? I have amazing. seen that. That's fucking class. You need to do a sort of. But that's probably the one thing that's missing is an only reference. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, what was that band called? Austrian Death Machine. Did you ever hear of it? <laughs> no, no, no. Austrian Death Machine. Uh, there was. Some guy yeah, from. A boy some, band? No, no. It was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was a, a metal band. A guy just put together this metal project and all the songs, a whole album and all the songs, and he's just like battered it out, he just knocked it out, but it's fucking great anyway. All the songs are uh, like sung from the point of view, uh, from the perspective of Arnie in his various movies. Right. <laughs> so the, the, big, the best hit is called uh, Get to the Chopper. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's Get awesome. To the chopper. Yeah. If you're ever looking for somebody, I know a guy that does an absolute fucking beastie or army impression so if you're ever made an empty come into the, the yeah, gig is that yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the the army sports nigger version of the Chewbacca scream like that pure <laughs> no now <laughs> now no, I, I'm, I'm not the I'm, now I'm being I'm actually being serious the guy does we, <laughs> does we played we played Card, Cards Against Humanity one night yeah and he did all of the punchlines in Arnie and we've got video footage of it, but he's he's an excellent <laughs> Arnie, he does an excellent Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, um, no, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's another one to check out, uh, Austrian Death Machine. Austrian you'll, Death Machine. Do you think that the... That's my night's halted. No, it is. I don't know. The Blade in the Ice fun. and Austrian Death Machine, that's what we want to check out. Um, <laughs> do you think the music scene's changed? Are you, uh, especially like Glasgow, I mean, uh, I used to, back when I was gigging, it seemed to be that you could go and see about 90 bands a night if you really wanted to go and see. Oh, aye. I mean, it seems to be that it's sort of shrinking down. We've got the ABC closing. Mm. Don't really see very many new sort of uh, low-level, sort of nice and sleazy-style venues opening up anymore. See, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, like, there's, there's uh, toilet tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of places where I used to see gigs that aren't there. I remember Captain's Rest was a fucking great venue. Yeah. Uh, the Barfly, yeah, oh, oh, mate. Barfly. We've, we, we, I loved in the Barfly. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, I guess it's changing. There's not, there's not really many places to replace those those venues. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, I guess the small kind of venue circuit is, uh, it's, it's not really, it's, it's not like what it was. I mm-hmm. Do you think there's like a, there's either less bands. I don't think that that's true. No. There's less people coming out trying to do music, or is it that? The whole—I mean, I noticed this maybe about five years ago, where if you put an album out and it was it had any sniff of commercial success, you instantly went to that Barrowlands level. Whereas when I was a teenager, maybe in my early twenties, yeah. you could go and see a fairly decent band playing King Tut's. I mean, yeah. I went to see the Killers in King Tut's. Yeah, but if the Killers come out now and had a song like Mister Brightside come out, I think it would instantly be in the hydro. It would be like that sort of zero to a hundred. I see. I see. I mean, it could be. It could be. Uh, Related to what we were talking about before, isn't like how how you you promote yourself and how that kind of element of the industry has changed. It's not about it's not about luck and it's not about playing fucking twenty gigs a year or uh, you know a gig, <clears throat> a gig every couple of months. It's uh, it's about uh, playing less and mm-hmm. about uh, promoting more. I believe so. Maybe mm-hmm. that's got something to do with it. Um, Producing quality as well. Yeah. Some of the demos that I used to do. 
<laughs> I can tell you they were fucking horrible, but it almost seems now that the access to like fairly decent quality, especially if you've got a decent laptop, you can produce good yeah. music. I mean, you have to have a bit of skill as well because I've got a decent laptop and I, I I found it very difficult to produce something that was uh, audibly nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, you can do it. You can do it for sure. Mm-hmm. I think there's a bit of a gap as well in terms of where, you know, we were talking about when we were maybe 10, 15 years younger, as you say, you'd go and see a band at Sleazy's and then you'd go and see them at Tuts and then it would be the Barras supporting somebody, then it would be, you know, the QMU or whatever it is before you go to SECC's and Hydro's and, and a lot of that's gone. But I think what it's left is a gap for probably a wee bit more artisan stuff because you've got things like the, the Kelvin, what's it, Kelvin Bridge Bandstand, the Kelvin yeah. Way Bandstand or whatever it is, where they did a lot of stuff through the summer, which was, when, when I was younger, was never a thing. So a lot of the bands that I think maybe would have went to, you know, a Barrowlands or a, you know, Callan Academy, remember going to some of these other places, you know what I mean? Like there's some good quality bands. I think you guys would be absolutely phenomenal on a song like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I right. think we're, we're, we're aiming, I mean, the next thing that we're going to do has got to be like a step up again. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're, it could be the Barrowlands or it could be the, the Kelvin Grove Bandstand. Right. We're sort of talking to some people trying to work out how, how that would work. Nice summer, sunny night few yeah. years watching you guys out there, I think would be like match made in heaven stuff, man. Yeah, the band stands great. So I'm really happy they sort of put it back together again, mm-hmm. yeah, I think. Um, yeah. How do you find it dealing? Because um, the like press and promoters and industry folk, um, if you're doing a lot of it by yourself. Well, that's that's the thing. We haven't really had that much of a running. We've managed to, to do what we've done more or less ourselves. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, uh, we, we, we work with... Uh, uh, promoters uh, four, four, three, two, promoters who uh, used to be Synergy and and they take care of all the bandstand stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They've uh, you know that's our, my sort of first run in with some industry people and uh, and they're super friendly and accommodating and have helped to help us out in a lot of ways. But certainly, uh, I was definitely very wary going into uh, into talks with people and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff because I, I, just the horror stories or. Just everywhere. Yeah. But uh, so far, so far it's been it's been nice and, and uh, there's no there's no issues so far. Okay. So is is the are they booking venues? So you're going and doing it yourself? Uh, oh, that's oh, that's a different thing. As an age, as an agent, we've got an agent also. Right. Uh, now and that just means that it's one less thing because at the moment, like in the run up to the the album launch, I had very little time to play music. Currently, I was just having yeah. tap 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 on the laptop all day. Mm-hmm. So whatever I can do to take things off my plate. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. So, we spoke to David Blair about that. Yeah. One of the things that he struggled with was as Dijon 5 Oops. started, sorry, sorry man, as the Dijon 5 started to go up and up and up, was that he had less time to enjoy what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm having to make a, a conscious effort to, you know, play guitar for an hour or so a day, and I'm not really managing to do it yet, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because, I mean, the, the run-up to the QMU was, was so f- such a frantic time with terms of like admin and, and behind the scenes work that, mm-hmm. that uh, it just fell away. So I'm trying I'm trying to reintroduce it so I can start writing the next record, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um but whatever I can do to, to take that sort of stuff off my plate, I'm I'm welcoming it. So an agent basically just sorts out the gigs and, yeah. and to, takes the emails that come in, the questions and mm-hmm. that. Cause so how long was the in terms of you're obviously maybe talking about ideas for new albums and stuff like that? Kind of like rough ballpark figure. What was what was the length of time on on this particular project? It's hard to say. Uh, at least a couple of songs were were written before the album was really mm-hmm. conceived of uh, at all as a thing. Right. So there's a couple of quite old songs on there, um, 
and I guess a couple of them were kind of half written mm-hmm. by the time we came to record. Or the, everything was written by the time we came to record, but before the crowdfunder and so on, there mm-hmm. was maybe maybe half of it was kind of written and we're we're fooling about with it a little bit. Yeah. But it wasn't until the crowdfunder or, or until I quit uni mm-hmm. and uh, we, before the crowdfunder that it was like, okay, well, let's stop tooling about with these. Let's make these fucking a thing. Yeah. And um, write the whole thing. So I don't know, maybe barring the ones that were pre-written, mm-hmm. maybe uh, like six, eight months, maybe. So it's a pretty big endeavour. So I mean... Yeah, I mean, I've got, like, start, I've got to start now. Like, I should be starting Agents now. and whatever else you're trying to take off your plate seems like the right thing to do if you've got that opportunity to do it because, yeah, six to eight months to nine, you're, you're going to want to be doing this mm. over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, then between actually recording the record and then putting it out, it was, mm-hmm. it was a year. You're all right. That's a year. And I, like I, that was uh, that was super hard for me because as soon as we make it, you're fucking excited. You want to show the world this yeah. thing. But um, such a, as it is, you know, you've got to have a strategic plan. You've got to be very careful with how you do it and sort of... Uh, build things up so we started building it up in September with Ric Flair and then building mm-hmm. it up building it up to, to the point where it was and that strategy that tactic was uh, ultimately successful it seems mm-hmm. but um, now we're actually on the radar We I think theoretically we can write and record and then release not that long after recording okay. uh, mm-hmm. but coming from from you're, you're a nobody nobody fucking knows anything about you uh you can't just drop a record because mm-hmm. I'm just flounder. No, of course. So that's that's part of the strategy. That was me thinking, okay, well, we've got to do this properly and that's, that involved waiting for a fucking year. Oh, my God. Waiting. Yeah, I can't imagine. I was just sitting in it. I was just sitting, like, sitting there like, fucking. I think for that year, I would be walking up and doing Sucky Hall Street with a copy of the album and slapping people in the face with being like, this is amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. you know what I mean? That would have got you some, expre- uh, some attention. <laughs> How did the, the, the busking come about? Um... Right at so the start. Yeah, yeah been... well, that's how we started it. Uh, it's, it's, it's true. We, we started busking. It was during the Commonwealth Games. Uh, so when was it? 2014? So that's like five years ago? I guess five years ago. Eh? Uh, 2014. Time uh, flies. Uh, I was... It fucking does, doesn't it? It's sunny, it's sunny again today. I'm like, fuck, it's summer I again. I know. It's, it almost feels like... Talking to somebody the other day, it's like, this time last year it was pushing down the snow. It was like, that doesn't feel like a fucking year ago. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No uh, chance. The year man. just fucking snaps like that, man. Um, so yeah, um, the Commonwealth Games, and I'd met a few guys. Uh, I was hosting a jam session. It's actually kind of how it all started. I, and, and the, the concept of me being able to make a living out of music in some way, uh, which was f- initially an alien concept. But a friend of mine uh, who's managing a bar get, get, took a punt on me and let me host a jam session. Uh, so I was like getting forty quid to do a jam session. I thought, 40 quid, wow, amazing. <laughs> to play guitar. Right, like, 40 quid, yes. no. That's a professional musician. Yeah, yeah, and like I was, at the time I was fucking delivering burritos on my bike. So I was like, oh, it would take me like 10 hours to earn this. Something like that. And it's just fucking absolutely just shit work for, for, for years. So I was uh, totally stoked in this. And that was introduced the concept of, well, maybe I can actually do something with music mm-hmm. rather than just tool about in the house. So anyway, uh, uh, met a few guys uh, at a jam session. And we, we thought, well, let's see what other money we can make. So mm-hmm. we started uh, busking. And uh, yeah, the town was the town was a festival that mm-hmm. summer. It was just buzzing. There was yeah. tourists that were just loving it. So we were busking and uh, two of the brass players, that we, I, I didn't know them, we didn't know them. They just rocked up and asked if they could join in and jam with us. We said, yes. 
And uh, they did, and they, they, they were excellent. And that's the guys in the band now, you know, we're lifelong friends just from that sort of chance meeting wow. on the street. And then we ended up busking through this whole summer and, you know, doing all right, making a, making a wee, bit of a, wee bit of coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that was the start of it. We started getting gigs in pubs, uh, more gigs in pubs as a band, and then eventually some weddings. So that was uh, that was me making a living, a comfortable living. Uh, wedding from, bands can make more than good money. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. if you're like half decent. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them are fucking shite. Yeah, I was um, at a wedding. I, I, I mean, I, I was sitting at a wedding with a guy who played drums and. I've had the same guy play drums in all my bands. I've just took him with me. Right, he's right, he's right. like my best mate, my, my brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're just sitting there thinking, how the fuck are they? How, how have they get the balls to rock up yeah. and charge somebody a couple of grand <laughs> to yeah, play yeah, yeah, like yeah. this? Yeah. Like, so if you're, if you're half decent, so we were, we were half decent, um, uh, uh, the calendar just filled up. Mm-hmm. It was a bit frighteningly so, so, you know, um, two years in advance. So we've still got quite a, a few weddings to fill out. To fulfill, right? So, uh, you think you'll get anybody wanting any requests off the album? Wait, wait, people are asking for Ric Flair all the time, man. Yeah, I'm playing, I'm playing it. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Man. Almost, almost every wedding, I'm playing with Ric Flair. Didn't you happen to play like a showcase during the G two at some point? Did you? G two. Uh, I seen a wedding band that had a two year waiting list, and I got dragged by a mate, and I was like, "Oh, wedding bands, as you say." And I seen these three guys doing the G two, and they were like mind blowing. They went through yeah, this yeah, repertoire yeah. and like variety of songs. That I was just like. What? I mean, some some of them were really good. Some were really yeah. good, uh, well well honed and, and professional uh, machines. Um, the boy Gary Johnson's you, you met him before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No guy. Yeah. What a player he is. Yeah, he's, man. he's a, hell, man. He, he he kills it there for sure. And uh, he's, he's at that sort of level of musicianship where you're just like, yeah, like, he he shreds your mind. He shreds eye. There was a wee while I was trying to, when I, in preparation for the for the record, I was like trying to basically become a kind of a monk of music I was like okay I'm going to make this record so I've got three months until the, we're recording so I'm just going to bury myself in music so I was like doing vocal exercise and, and, and shredding guitar practice guitar and visiting all the different guitarists in, mm. in town to try and uh, uh, see what, what I could learn because that's another thing I was just pretended to be good at guitar for, for years but really deep down my, my soul I knew fuck I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm I'm pretending here. I don't right. really know what I'm doing. So uh, that, that was the first time I, I decided to really learn, like properly learn what I was doing and right. what I was doing. Mm. I've uh, watched a couple of videos of you playing and like I said earlier on, man, you're a really good player. Thanks, yes. Well, I think if you've been pretending. But the, 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 the guitar playing on the album really stands out for me. I mean, it's hard. I think that especially with them 12 members, so much going on. Mm-hmm. I think it would be dead easy for a guitar player just to go, I'm just going to take a step back, especially if you're the lead singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, I'll take a step back, let the horns take over, and I'll just rhythm this. Because in funk, there's a lot of that that yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, guitar doesn't, have, doesn't traditionally have a, a great deal of a part to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like mostly textural, but but yeah, it's, it's, it's I'm happy to take a step back, but the guitar is still quite prominent in, yeah. in that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've written the songs on guitar. Yeah. Uh, so they're always, it's always going to be there. And uh yeah, I think the, the music that I've been involved in, and like metal and stuff like that, has sort of subtly influenced what what I've uh, what I've written the guitar and some of the guitar parts. Are, I think are kind of a characteristic of my writing still, and, and mm-hmm, I'm, I'm happy that it's there and it's sort of characteristic. But it's definitely like not up front and center. It's not a guitar mm-hmm. record, you know. Yeah. But um, fuck it, guitars are cool, and I'll always play. Yeah. <laughs> 
Do you, play, do you play any brass or anything? Are you, are you, you know, uh, multi-instrumental? I've, uh, I've, I've, I've been given a trombone because uh, <laughs> at a jam session, I, got, I can make a, a sound out of a trombone. <laughs> but at a jam session, a, a I was cultural like, exchange then. pissed off at a jam session. I was, grabbed the trombone, I was like, let me do a solo. And it was like, I told him I was going to do a solo. So I did a solo and, uh, and I ended up like finding two notes that kind of worked and it was like, actually not a bad solo. Oh, and I was like, it's not bad it's all about cool. I found the I found the root and I found the the, the minor third and I was like and it was like <laughs> fucking that's a soul. So the day after that, Liam uh, came over at the house and and uh, lent me a trombone. So I I've got aspirations to actually learn how to properly play it, mm-hmm. uh, which should be a laugh. Yeah. You're in the right place. <laughs> oh, definitely, man. Aye, that's it, man. I was actually I was going to. I mean, you've answered this question. It's, might feel difficult for you to meet a lot of musicians and I, I find that a, but I think it sounds like you just need to get yourself out there yeah well this is it people. this is a, a, a you know there's a I think in Glasgow there's a couple of different sort of scenes of musicians right but uh, I've, I've managed to inadvertently through the jam sessions and through that kind of scene tap into this whole pool of really amazing um, and accomplished musicians and uh, I think the jam sessions, if you're a musician looking for people to, to play with, uh, or you're just a musician wanting to practice, and there's no better way to practice than better yourself than playing with people. Uh, so there's a there's a good, strong scene of, of jam sessions yeah, in, uh, I mean, in Glasgow. I think I met one, uh, runs one out in Motherwell, and uh, it was only started in the last six months or so. And uh, when, I, I'm no musician or musically talented in any way. Um, so when he introduced the idea to me, I was a bit like... So what, he's just kind of like, go to the pub and jam? And he was like, aye. Yeah. So it seemed like a quite a weird concept to me, but in the context of what you're talking about, it seems like also a completely useful and sort of plausible thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's sort of two approaches. <clears throat> I think in, in terms of people in bands, there's I feel like there's two kind of approaches, two sort of ones from this kind of this kind of world. I'm talking about jam sessions and coming together and, uh, and musicianship's quite a strong element of it. Mm-hmm. And then the other one's just... Uh, uh, bedroom and garage writers and, and they'll, they'll write the music and then they'll perform that music and they won't really perform anything else mm-hmm. and it's, it seems like a two two kind of separate spheres and sometimes there's a kind of overlap in those two worlds but um, there definitely seems to be uh, two distinct kind of approaches to doing mm-hmm. it but one one world is certainly uh, contained within uh, jam sessions and you know uh, is associated with, with also with jazz and sort of higher, um, kind of higher music, mm. and uh, and like for example, a lot of the guys that I've met and are in the band, they're they're all from the conservatoire, uh, they all studied the jazz course, and that's another whole pool of musicians. Mm-hmm. That's another whole uh, world. And so there's plenty of musicians out there, uh, yeah. but one way to find them and to actually get better is to, to hit up some jam sessions. Yeah, definitely. We've got, I've got a couple of mates that are sort of conservatoire graduates and yeah, yeah, yeah. they all do sort of pub and wedding gigs and they know everybody in that sort of scene. They all know each other yeah. and they get calls to go and do gigs with one person and they're doing it with another person. Yeah, that's it. That's a network. That's it. Yeah. There's a network and it's the, the, the jam session scene and the sort of network of working, kind of jobbing musicians. Um, it's sort of intertwined, and you know, you know when I was in 20, 21 or my, my early twenties, I was just not involved in that scene at all. I wasn't there at all. I was just like whoever my friends were who wanted to play music, which is fine, and it was all right. But it wasn't the the pool or the 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 scene that would have 
just say the, the jam sessions is what actually maybe your your time with your friends is what brought that love into it, but the well, jam sessions what expanded it to what it is now. I think or uh, put you on the road. I think uh, when I was just playing with whoever I, I could play with, my, my friends picking up instruments and just banging about and, and making stuff for a bit of a laugh. Like uh, there wasn't really anybody, you know, I was always like the best of the bunch or around about the best of the bunch. There wasn't really anybody to push me and make me feel like, oh, I'm fucking shite. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I want to feel that I'm fucking shite, but th- I mean, to humble me and say, okay, well, there's there's something to aspire to. Mm. As soon as I hit the jam session scene, as soon as I got involved with all these guys, I was just like, shit, there's some, <laughs> there's a lot to fucking know, a lot to learn. And that's what I've been, in the last two, only oh, the last two years, I've been really, uh, like, learning music properly mm-hmm. and, uh, and and excelling and, be- and become better. And I'm definitely... Like the best musician I've ever been, and I've got, I've got quite a ways to go. So, um, yes, that's that's that kind of scene, and that's the value of that scene. And uh, I kind, part of me kind of wishes that I'd encountered that scene somehow, uh, involved myself in that scene when I was in my twenties. Because mm-hmm. um, you'd be so much better now for it. Yes, ten yeah. years down the line. Yeah, yeah. Although I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done what I've, I've done, and I, maybe I wouldn't have worked. Like I say, I was a very different person between, yeah. so I might have not worked out. Um, uh, so. Mm-hmm. I've found a lot of going back to the sort of mental health aspect of it that this sort of small incremental gains in anything that you do is what I've found is giving me a bit of purpose yeah yeah um, in anything that I do so if it's martial arts if it's going to the gym it's uh, you need to <coughs> keep moving forward yeah 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 so yeah. I think that's kind of what you're saying is that you've found this scene but you've got people running about you that are pushing you to be better and you're becoming better, so you're enjoying music. You've produced a great piece of music, a great album. So I think that all sort of comes into this idea that you just need to move forward slowly in just incremental steps yeah, rather yeah, than yeah, what yeah, people yeah. want when they're yeah, in the garage. Beatles mania. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, when people are in the garage or in the bedroom it, yeah. and it's just them and their mates and they're writing music and they're performing music and they're only performing that music. They're wanting to get to the point that you've got to yeah. But they do it and and almost like a way that hamstrings themselves because yeah, you don't yeah. get the opportunity. If you're not a good musician, you're not going to get the opportunity to work with other great musicians unless you produce something that they want to work on. Like if you're a big band, obviously yeah. you're going to get to work with great musicians. But I think like I like, I quite like that that you've you've been in that sort of like. Garage. I'm in a band. I'm going to try and be in a band mm-hmm. rather than I'm going to be a good musician. Yeah, yeah. You know That's what I mean? it, yeah, I sort of experienced both, and uh, I know what works for me. Um, in the sense, interesting what you say I, again. Coming back to this, this idea of being a band is just play, writing your songs and playing your songs, and then like there's nothing else to it. Um, you don't necessarily have to be uh, a good musician to write a great song. No, definitely uh, not. And <laughs> Yeah, all you need is to, to have a really good song to, to become a big band. Plenty and of great musicians have never wrote a great song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I've, I've, seen I've, I've, I've met people where you're, especially when I was younger, you'd be like, can you play this? No bother. I think of one guy in particular, he could play any song, yeah, yeah. any Maiden song, he just arpeggio sweeps on the guitar. And then you go and see his band and you're like, fucking awful. How can <laughs> I mean, that be? So I, mean, I guess maybe that's what I'm trying. I'm trying to smash these two worlds together. Musicianship yeah. and also like uh, song craft and like the art of it. Because, mm. um, yeah, to, to be a, a big band, like we're talking about, going to the guys or the bar lines or whatever and, and try to be a band, all you need to do is write a, a few good songs and then mm. be able to play those songs. Yeah. And if the songs are easy, then easy. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's this definitely trying to smash those two things together. Mm-hmm. I think you've definitely done that one. Yeah. Cheers, thanks. I think you should be. Like you said, man, it, it just. I think sometimes you listen to stuff, um, and I find myself being very sceptical when I listen to music. If that makes sense, it's more like you think about it critically. Yeah, I, as somebody that's been in a band, I criticise. Yeah, I a know. Lot. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I, I know that sort of a lot yeah. of new music. But sees for the second that the first song sort of kicked in, I was just like, "Whoa, wait a minute, what's this?" And just let myself just enjoy it rather mm. than going, "Nah, I don't like that about yeah. it. What would yeah. I do differently in this song?" But that's probably because I'm nowhere near good enough to write right? so, <laughs> And the brass and stuff are just... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I tell it's, you, it's, it's a different level, different yeah. sort of uh, aspect. That, uh, it's hard to relate to for a lot of people, but the, uh, the just instead of critiquing it and, and mm-hmm. pouring over it and analysing, you just enjoy it. Just and that's, that's, again, back to the root of this. It's like the, root, the, the message mm-hmm. of this record is just stop analysing things, just fucking enjoy it, man. Yeah. And uh, so that's another. I mean, I deliberately missed the bus on the way over here. I got out of the house this m- and I was crossing to the bus stop, put the headphones on, and was always looking at another listen on the way on. And obviously, your your get out, get back. I can't remember. Sort of get something. The get first back. one, get back. Sorry, <laughs> uh, the, the Beatles. Uh, I'm sitting there, and as I was walking to the bus stop, I seen the bus pull up, and I could have run and made it, but I decided to like it's a 15 minute wait. I rolled myself a fag, and I just stood in the sun listening to the album. Nice. So. That's probably the, the only or maybe highest compliment I can pay today. Yeah, Mr. Bus. You know well, mean? thank you. I deliberately missed the bus to stand yeah. and listen to the sun. Great, yeah. So what's coming up? What's coming up, uh, what's coming up is um, quite a full festival season. I was going to say, but these are a festival band. I mean, if, if yeah, the Dijon yeah. Five are saying oh, that to Dave that. Blair, like, they're a festival band. Yeah, I yeah. see you guys as a, as a festival band as I, well. Like. We, we, we will be, yeah, for sure. We played a couple of festivals last last year. before That was before we'd really released anything. So, yeah. Uh, but definitely, it definitely suits us pretty well. So it's a, a full full calendar for the festival season. Excellent. Um, and probably towards the end of the year, there'll be another big show. We're just working out exactly what it's going to be. Uh, hopefully start really getting battered into some writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be another single. Another single probably, hopefully April. Um, yeah, another single, another video. And then just constant battering people with uh, social media. Yeah. You've got a tour? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to tour uh, in May. First of all, in May, and I think possibly in October also. Okay. Uh, so that's that. Is we're playing a Glasgow show? Um, I think part of the strategy that you're supposed to do is not play Glasgow all that often. Okay. And save it for like one big... Keep them wanting more. Mm. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it feels a bit fucking shit, but... It's, I think it's it's better than. Definitely uh, does it as table. I mean, we just we just missed doing news at the the Dijon Five after show within the. Uh, what was it? In you played you played the after show at the art school. Um, what's that? The Colonel Mustard Christmas party. Did no no no? no did you not? I thought you played the the art school. Like uh, no, we we played the art school uh, at the end of our own tour. Right, in November. Oh, okay. oh well, that's David Blair's my soul. Mean that he's like, yeah. coming after show because Tom McGuire and the Brassels are playing, but I don't know where he's got that. Um, well, we still just missed you either way. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, you'll have to. We won't next time. Wait. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, I think it's that's that's preferable to just uh, uh, oversaturating your your presence and, mm-hmm. and playing every other week. Which I think was a, a a good technique before 
fucking you could because it was the only sort of method of engagement that you had with your, yeah, yeah. your people whereas <clears throat> now you can engage with people yeah, whenever yeah. the fuck you like so so yeah sort of play uh infrequently in, in glasgow but big fucking shows big yeah because you kind of can't really step down you know we, we played the art school so did the art school we played the qmu so did the, art, the qmu both times stepped up the show the performance mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. uh and so we can't really go down we yeah have to go up and then make the show even madder again <laughs> so i don't know how i'm going to do that because we pulled out all the stops in the qmu it's like so many mad things we we had like we had dancers uh, we we roped in some dancers to do some nice. like, coordinated dancing. We had the uh, the end of the show. I was sort of, like crowd surfing in the crowd on a big inflatable pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I think I seen that picture actually. Uh, so I was like, as I was on the pizza, I was like, "Fuck, how am I going to top this? Yeah, this is amazing." Lasers. Was that lasers? Lasers are the way forward. Lasers, yeah. Smoke machine, dry ice. That's what you need. Bit yeah, of dry yeah. ice, but no. I mean, I think if you are when you are playing again, man, I'm going to definitely come mm-hmm. along. I yeah. seen the posters for the QMU. I think it was had something on and then it was sold out. It was just yeah, like, yeah, fuck yeah. it, you know what it's like. But um, if you're doing something at the end of the year, I'm going to keep an eye out for yeah, that yeah, one. Please do. Is Could... there anybody for us to keep an eye out for in Glasgow, like in the music scene? Oh, other bands in, in Glasgow? Yeah, uh, I can suggest um, I'm going to go jazz here. Uh, there's uh, Strata, Green Costello's Strata. That's uh, an absolutely fantastic kind of jazz band, but it's... Uh, the focus is definitely like rhythmical focus, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's quite heavy, and it's it's uh, leanings of like Mars, the Mars Volta, right? And it's, uh, right. it's fucking it's awesome, uh, powerful stuff. So we share some members. Uh, another group that I can recommend is uh, Russell Stewart. There's another guy, is local guy who's uh, who's fantastic singer, and there's not really that many sort of. Uh, um, really distinct and, and kind of almost virtuosic uh, virtuosic is that word whatever Virtu- uh, who knows I, <laughs> the adjective I fucking I... about virtuoso uh, singers uh, in, in the scene and this guy is uh, definitely definitely excellent he's, uh, he's got a creamy tasty ass voice nice. so uh, check him out uh, and also the metal band Madafaka Madafaka and the cool running Prog the, the, the blade and the ice. I should be promoting this, but I'm going to be I'm promoting that because loads of people have heard this now, and I'm very happy with that. But fuck all people have heard the the, the cool runnings <laughs> thing, so check it out. <laughs> Is it, I, I'm definitely going. To, I loved cool runnings when yeah. I was a guys, so I'm definitely going to go and uh, listen to that one. Yeah. But thanks for coming and talking to us, man. Cool. It's thanks. been a pleasure. Seriously appreciate it. It's been nice listening to you talk about um, a couple of things I wasn't expecting, like. Um, your, your motivations and stuff man you seem like a, a thoroughly nice chap but um, the album is again it's phenomenal so like I congratulations like. man thanks mate cheers you should be like fucking absolutely over the moon mate. I am indeed. you're and listening here going 100% Spotify whatever yeah, it is yeah, 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 go yeah. and find it and stream it or buy it even better fucking <laughs> so buy, it. Uh, yeah. buy it aye. we've got <laughs> CDs and vinyls and all that sort of gubbins uh, nice double double gatefold double vinyl nice nice but again, man, cheers for coming in, man. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, dude. Yes, thank you for having us. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure. Best of luck, man. Cheers. <laughs>